the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Good morning. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. So far... My New Year's resolution of make more money is turning out swell. <laughs> and that's not my New Year's resolution. But yesterday, the NASDAQ was up 1%. The SP 500 up 7 tenths of 1%. The Dow Jones Industrials up one half of 1%. The Fed Reserve seems like they were embarrassed by being caught in the transitory inflation messaging. And they seem intent on raising interest rates and beating inflation sooner rather than later. Uh, Eradicating inflation is a, in the minds of the Federal Reserve, is mission number one. And I agree. If I was making $50,000 to $60,000 a year, inflation would be killing my family. Um, and those are the Americans we need to take care of. The more average Americans versus the wealthy Americans. But eh, now I'm getting political on you. Coinbase was a winner winner chicken dinner yesterday, up 13%. Um, I'm staying away from it. I still think it's a civil war. I still see way too many billionaires say that crypto is worthless. And until my spouse says, honey, can you refresh the crypto wallet? I know you're saying that's a little sexist. Okay, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. 20 trillion gallons of water. Wow. That's how much rain California's gotten over the past few weeks. Um, millions across the state experience an atmospheric river. I'm involved in it right now. We're having another day that's going to drop uh, a whole month's worth of rain sometimes in one day. Downpours continued yesterday. 90%, 90% of California's population was under flood watch. That's 10% of America. Wow. And Yet we're in a drought, and yet we're seeing 20 trillion of water go down the creek, it feels like, and back to the ocean. Um, I don't have a lot of opinions on this. It's it's I'm a money guy. I'm not a reservoir guy. And don't get mad at me for that. Lake Kachuma Reservoir in Santa Barbara County was hovering about 30% capacity in early December. It rose 34 feet yesterday. It's starting to overflow today. Good news, bad news, right? So let's keep moving forward with what we're seeing out there. Goldman Sachs is going to begin laying off up to 3,200 employees. That's about 6% of its total workforce as part of its largest cost-cutting efforts since the 2008 financial crisis. A little bit of a correction. I think yesterday I might have said Jamie Dimon worked at Goldman Sachs. I would have meant to say Morgan Stanley. Um, it bothered me that when I was saying, I was like, well, um, and I spit it out and I think I said it wrong. Just FYI, always consult a broker advisor for taking action. Any stocks ever mentioned on the show, the French government released plans to gradually raise the age of retirement by two years to 64 in the hopes it'll boost employment among seniors and put funds back into the strained pension system. 
French unions are freaking out. I get it. None of us like change. Microsoft put some big spare change into chat GPT yesterday in a deal that felt is strangely like um, Shark Tank. Microsoft is preparing for its largest startup investment in history, a $10 billion stake in OpenAI. It's going to value the research lab at $29 billion. OpenAI is the creator of potentially groundbreaking AI tools like chat GPT, which we started learning about in the last couple of weeks. It's got a multi-talented chatbot that can code in Python and help high schoolers cheat on English essays. You can ask ChatGPT, um, ChatGPT, write me a summary of Harry Potter and the Wizard of Azerbaijan, or I don't even know any of the titles of the books. Write me a, a Harry Potter two-page summary written on a 12th grade level, and it'll do it. You can ask it, you know, uh, ChatGPT, tell me about the last you know, two weeks of President Trump's uh, presidency in 400 words, and it'll do it. Some of it's a little wonky, but if it gets better, wow, it is the ultimate search engine. And that's why Microsoft is going after ChatGPT. Um, the company already has invested a billion in OpenAI, but thinks that an even tighter relationship would help it better compete with big tech rival like Google. Um, they did a investment that they get their money back slowly, but surely. And then they get basically control of the company on top of it. It was a weird one that had that feeling of, is this shark tank? Cause it's certainly, in my opinion, felt a little bit like it. Good morning, sunshine. We have no sunshine in California, just rain. This year is going to be a story of two cities. It's going to be a story of two tales. It's going to be a story as old as time. We get a front half of the year and a back half of the year. The front half of the year is the most challenging part as we're dealing with the transition from focus on inflation to, uh uh-oh, the inflation likely caused a focus on recession back half of the year. It's that kind of simple. Am I 100% invested? I still have some cash, but... I'm I'm more invested than not. FTX bankruptcy documents show a list of investors that are going to be completely wiped out, including Tom Brady and Robert Kraft. You know, I, mean, I, I don't fall into this whole greatest of all time. I don't. Yeah, sports are not my waste of time um, or my cup of tea, as I like to put it. But it is kind of nice to see some <laughs> rich, famous people get burned in bad investments, right? It makes it feel like, yeah, I've kind of been there too. You know, the biggest investment I ever goofed up on was a company called Cryomedical Sciences. Take a little CMSI. I made some okay money on it, but in the end, I also lost some okay money on it. And I got greedy and it felt like I was staying around at a poker table. They were working on a way of freezing cancer in the prostate. And then cutting it out after getting advanced imaging. And that seems like better than than chemo, right? And the story on it was great. The problem was the follow-up. Once a doctor used the technology, they use it a second time. Yesterday, Coinbase stock jumped to a one-month high. The crypto exchange was in recovery mode after it saw more than 80% slump in 2022. Again, not my cup of tea. I try to stay where I'm useful and smart. Or helpful, maybe. New footage shows a Tesla was allegedly in self-driving mode, stopped shortly or stopped halfway through a tunnel. And there was an eight-car pileup. The incident happened in San Francisco on November 24th. Surveillance footage of the accident first reported the intercept 
shows the moment the Tesla stopped. I own a Tesla. My family does. And basically it was a, a parting gift when I sold my company. A new focus to EP Wealth. And now I work with EP Wealth. And I got a big seminar coming up in February, which you can sign up for. It's in Cupertino at robblackshoe.com. It's robblackshoe.com. Um, if you've ever been to one or two of these, don't come. It's 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 frustrating seeing the same faces. And if you're interested in becoming a client or if you've never been to an event, please come. So it's, that's how I'd like to break it down. Um, you can sign up at robblackshoe.com. It's robblackshoe.com. Limit one entrance per ticket. Insider is reporting this week, Business Insider, that Peter Stern, a key executive in Apple's subscription business, is out. Stern helped build services like Apple Music, Fitness Plus, TV Plus, and the major players that they are today in the wake of his department uh, structure. Uh, a little bit of restructuring going on. Apple's got a lot of wiggle room to hit their earnings if they ever wanted to cut down on compensation or R&D. 30. Google's next moonshot is a little more grounded. It's called Mineral, a new company spun out of Google's famed X Labs under the larger Alphabet umbrella. It aims to give AI to farmers about data on their crops. That's kind of cool. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Goal is to get you to retirement through investing, through saving, through earnings, through insurance, through the stock market, through real estate, and much, much more. Um, I love tech stocks. They tell great stories. This is starting to be earnings season. I love the bank stocks. They give a good reflection of the economy. Um, a lot to digest. The Biden administration is extending the COVID-19 public health emergency as highly infectious Omicron XBB. One five is starting to spread. Worthy of note, is this panic worthy? No, we've extended the public health emergency, which runs every 90 days since ultimately January 2020. So this is nothing new. But yeah, um, will we have another infectious disease in our lifetime? And will we be better prepared to handle it? I hope so. I think a lot of great technology and healthcare has been accelerated due to COVID. Um, my mother died due to COVID. So eh, maybe she died a couple years early. I mean, she was one of the elderly and that that will happen. Other stories of note out there today. Uh, the FAA has an interesting morning going on. Basically, flights were grounded across the United States. In large part, there was a technology unhinging. But the FAA has lifted U.S. ground stop after the outage delays thousands of flights. I bring up the Omicron and the FAA as these are things that can happen any day ever. And you get surprised on Wall Street. No, there's always going to be something out there that pops up. It doesn't mean that we go to zero. It doesn't mean that it's a roller coaster. It doesn't mean that it's rigged. Don't even know Tony Mendez with Bay Area Loan Source. Dot com host of a show, The Real Estate Report, here on KDOW. You can hear him today, I believe, at 2 o'clock and tomorrow at 6 p.m. One of the top stories of the day, Tony, is mortgage refinance demand surges as homeowners take advantage of lower interest rates. As a home lender, are you seeing that? Uh, good morning. Um, I think that story might be a little bit... Um, aggressive uh, rates really aren't changing that much where it's going to have this mass 
uh, you know, set of applications to refinance. But what I we are seeing people locking in um, on the dips, and we do see some big swings. Uh, you know, six and a half to five point seven five, or six percent to. Five and a half. That's kind of what people are looking for. And when that does happen, people are jumping on those those lower rates when they do happen. One year ago today, the rate was three point five two percent. How things change, Mr. Mendez? Is that not a true statement? How things change? Yeah, it's uh, you know we we hit a I think a twenty two year low on applications. I think it went back to as far as it was it was tracked. So it's it's refinances are going to be tough for a lot of people, but people are still going to need to take advantage of the lower rates. Uh, I'm sorry, a refinance and look for those lower rates. So shopping for a, a good rate still makes sense. So we're doing a transaction right now where um, a couple is separating and they need to buy the other person out and they need a refinance to get the money out. So there are, are reasons why people will still need to refinance even at the rates where they are today. Interesting that you mentioned that because that's one of the very first stories I found in Wall Street 20 plus years ago was that women into the divorce tend to take the house because the kids know it. It's the school district. It's their friends. And I kind of was controversial because I said split everything 50-50 and move on. Um, it's interesting how financial planning interweaves with real estate at times. Let's talk about home seller concessions. I bought my home 18 months ago. You got me an amazing mortgage. Thank you. Under 3%, well under 3%. That feels like a long time ago, but I wish I would have gotten more seller concessions. Where, what are we looking at 18 months later? 18 months later, we're more towards a buyer's market, which means that you know, sellers are going to have to do what it takes to get the buyer's attention. In a lot of cases, they're dropping the, the price, but some, in some ways, they don't want to do that, so they're going to give concessions like, I'm going to give you 1% or 2%, maybe it's a dollar amount, like 10000 and then it's up to the buyer to do whatever they want with it. And in many cases, when you have higher rates, they go toward, like we are right now, they go towards what they call temporary buy-downs, which can give them like a one or two-year retrieve on rate by like one or 2%, or they just buy the rate down, or they just put it towards closing costs with the hopes of refinancing later. So sellers are a little bit more open to these types of concessions just to get their house on the market and get some traction. It's interesting that we talk about that because I've done probably six or seven transactions with you minimum in the last 20 years. And every time I, I go, do I buy down points? Do I buy down points? And I would say a majority of them, I wanted to buy down points to get a lower payment over time. And then ultimately I sold that mortgage or sold the house later and I didn't really need it, but it gave me a little peace of mind, something to be said for peace of mind. In the buyer's market, having the seller give you the money to do it makes is a little bit more palatable. Okay. And I think that's what we're talking about here. Good, good. I'm glad you know your stuff because I'm glossing over it and you're in the details. Um, let's talk about Bay Area home prices and making it or breaking it. Home prices are dropping in the Bay Area again. Um, in the last, I would say, 10 months, I've looked at my home peak in Zillow and Redfin valuations. In the last 10 months, every month, they send me a report like, Houses in your neighborhood sold for a little bit less. Houses in your neighborhood sold for a little bit less. Houses in your neighborhood sold for a little bit less. And it feels like I'm on a losing streak. I feel like I'm blackjack like eight, nine months in a row of, of flipping and the, the dealer has 21. Um, what are you seeing in Bay Area housing prices? Well, that's exactly what we're seeing. You know, sales are, are low. Um, okay. say, uh, buyer um, Buyers are, there's not a lot of them right now looking. 
So everything's kind of anemic. I keep using that word because it's what it really feels like. We are seeing prices drop. We we, we ran like we run something called an AVM. Um, it's a valuation kind of done through you know sales. It, there's plenty of places that can do these. We we run them over and over and on some of these properties, and we're seeing about 10% from mid last year till today. Um, and we do these for people who are looking for equity lines, because if you get an equity line under 250,000, in many cases, you can, you don't need an appraisal, but only if they have what they call high confidence on the value. But now that's pulled back. So not only is the value dropping, the confidence level of that value is dropping. So we're seeing that across the board. So tax seasons here, self-employed borrowers and those with income properties need to pay attention to net incomes. How much more difficult is it to get a loan as being self-employed? And we're starting to run out of time. Um, it, it, it can be. When you're W-2, to use your gross income. When you're self-employed, to you use your net. So a lot of people who are self-employed enjoy those tax deductions, but that also changes their net amount much lower. So it's really important that you pay attention to that net number. And that's what we talk about every tax season is, is this is the time when you, if you're doing a transaction in the next year or two, definitely talk to a loan officer to, to see what amount you need for income. And if you have to make any adjustments, this is the time to start thinking about it. As they say on hot ones, all the cameras are on you. The microphones are on you. Give yourself a quick plug as you step out. Well, we do the radio, uh, the real estate report radio show at 2 p.m. today. It reruns on Thursday and on Saturday. It's a fun show. Call it in. It's um, you can ask any questions about real estate or mortgages, and we do our you know have our Facebook. We repost the uh, the shows for our podcast. It's it's a Got fun it. show. You can find them at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can hear them today at 2 p.m. live. There's a podcast out there where you typically get podcasts. It's called The Real Estate Report with Gordon and Tony. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at RobBlack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Interesting start to the year as we've kind of been moving higher. Why do I say that's interesting? Because last year it was a year where we kind of grinded lower and then we got into a trading range. Are we finally going to break out of the trading range? Let's ask Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I Something tells me, Patrick, you're going to tell me that we're not going to hit all-time highs anytime soon. Break my bubble. <laughs> Good morning, Rob. Um, Good morning. Well, yeah, we're not we're not looking for all time highs anytime soon, and frankly, we think it's also going to be challenging for the market to break out of a trading range that okay. you know, probably is confined somewhere in the neighborhood of you know thirty two hundred to, to thirty six hundred. Um, so we're kind of right in the the middle of that right now, and really the basis for that can, assessment is, is it boils down, I think, to to the valuation constraint. Um, you have a market that's trading roughly in line with a historical average, close to 17 times forward 12-month earnings. Uh, but uh, we think, and as you talked about many times now um, over the last several months on your show, you know we think those 2023 earnings estimates are still going to be subject to downward revision. And so we have some some proving ground to cover here in the coming weeks with the release of the fourth quarter results. 
with the earnings results coming out, you keep, I'm not going to make you sound negative, but you, you consistently said you need earnings results or earnings numbers, expectations to come lower. Has any of that happened? Because I've seen it happen in tech kind of minorly. Um, some, some big right. tech companies, some big financial companies, some retailers are, are lowering expectations, but are you looking for something more wide or are you looking for someone like a Jamie Diamond to say, this is the cut? Uh, what's the flag that you're looking for to make you feel a little bit more comfortable that we're closer to the bottom than the top as far as earning cuts go? Well, you know, we've had, um, I think if you look at like a group like the semiconductors, right, they have yep. leading indicator status in the sense that, you know, you have semiconductors in, in most things these days, right? And uh, we've heard a lot of commentary from semiconductor companies talking about weaker demand. You've seen a collapse in stock prices within that industry space, and you've seen earnings estimates come down. Um, now, I think it's kind of, you hit this inflection point uh, where you look to see, what happens in terms of stock price action for these uh, heavily traded stocks, frankly, uh, when these companies come out and are and likely point to a continued weakness in demand that would ultimately force a lowering of earnings estimates further. Um, if you see some positive price action on on those on that type of commentary, that type of guidance, um, that's a constructive signal, you know, that in terms of that particular industry pocket that perhaps, you know, the bat the worst of the news is discounted in the stock prices. And I think you kind of have to look at that in, in aggregate here as we move through the earnings reporting season as how do stocks, which got hit really hard in 2022, based on the fear that earnings estimates would have to come, you know, much lower in 2023, how do they react to guidance that isn't all that positive? Um, I guess in general, though, you know, we have seen quite a downward revision to 2023 earnings estimates over the last six months. You know, in July or, or late June of last year, uh, analysts in aggregate were forecasting something just north of $250 per share for calendar 2023 earnings estimates. And now those estimates, uh, that consensus ranges, uh, not ranges, but it sits really just about right around $228.50 per share now. So you have seen a sharp downward revision. The same goes also for the 2022 earnings estimates, which are, you know, going to get finalized here in, in the next several weeks. But, you know, relative to where the 23 estimate is versus 2022, you're still looking at 5% year-over-year growth. And, you know, that is not out of the realm of possibility if we can escape a recession. And uh, but uh, but if you move into a recession type scenario, you know five percent year over year earnings growth could be could look a little bit uh, optimistic here at this stage of the game. What else are you working on right now? Because I feel like I want to ask a question, but also I want to hear what you're thinking that we should be focusing in on. Well, just exactly what we're talking about. I'm going to be posting a big pic, my big picture column this week. Will will be an earnings preview for this upcoming reporting period. Uh, that reporting season, kind of, you know, we've had a handful of reporters thus far, but it kind of gets its official start this Friday when when the uh, the major banks start to report the results, namely Bank of America, uh, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo. Uh, and then we'll get a steady stream of earnings reports over the next um, four to six weeks, really, uh, for the for the year-end reporting period. And so, so I'll be focusing on that right now. And if, but 
we have to get over this thing called the consumer price index, uh, which is also out uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a, a market moving report because it's obviously going to factor into uh, what the market's thinking about the inflation trend and therefore what that might ultimately mean for the monetary policy trend. Let's take a, a step back and talk about 2023. Uh, we've heard some people like Jamie Dimon and some big bankers say, you know, the next 10 years of investing could be different, maybe lower your expectations. Um, do you think that widely out or is that too much to fathom, especially for the individual investor? I'm trying to get the individual investor max of their 401k, let alone think about 10 years from now. Um, how do you feel about the long term projections on Wall Street these days? Well, you know, if you if you, if you accept that we're we're moving into a period of uh, policy normalization or, or really a normalization of interest rates at higher levels, which you know, which we we've enjoyed the fruits of very low interest rates for an extended period that have led to some outsized returns in most years, certainly since the financial crisis. So I think just logically, with where interest rates are likely to settle. Uh, that being at you know higher levels than what we've seen over the last oh, 10 to 15 years or so, you should probably have more modest return expectations. But but having said that, um, you know I thought today even and, and you know read that you know the, the total average return for the S and P 500 since 1926 is 10.2. You know that's nothing to you know. Um, to feel bad about that's actually a pretty good return when you when you compound it and so that's hell, hell you know, yeah it still is beating, yeah it's still it's beating inflation um it certainly beats what you can get you know in, in a savings account still um but it's just it requires some patience because it's an average right so you're going to have some years that are not going to be so great and you're going to have some years that are going to be really great um but if you can stand the test of time um you and i have talked about this too before rob i mean the stock market is a it's full of a history of, of being a great wealth generating machine if you have the ability to buy and hold and uh, and that should prove to be the case again here. Especially you have the ability to buy and hold when the markets are in down years. Um, there's a lot of studies from the Federal Reserve and other financial institutions that say, you know, market corrections, bear markets historically leverage your wealth building effects. Um, which is a good lesson to teach my kids, and hopefully you're teaching your kids something along those lines as well. Well, that's right, and that's the you know the dollar cost averaging approach, right? You, you know, you can have a systematic and invest systematic investing plan, right, where you just you stick with it, you know, month to month. Um, you buy, you, you can you know buy more stock in down markets than you can in up markets, but you stick with that systematic plan and um, and it does tend to work out quite well uh, over time and yes that is a message not to be forgotten here I think in terms of what my job is and the clients that we cater to you know we, we have to kind of have to be in the moment if you will in terms of some of our our market views in terms of what's going to happen in the next quarter that you know um, and that's very short termism right um, but you know, again, just going back to looking, you know, how the market has performed over decades, um, despite the disappointments from one quarter to the next, um, the performance from, you know, over decades has, is, is, you know, you can't argue with it. Um, it's just it's there for everyone to see that if you, you know, have a, a buy and hold approach, you tend to uh, come out uh, quite nicely in the end. 
Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a wonderful website with lots of information that's useful on a domestic and international basis for economic data and financial news that you can use. Uh, when I say I use the site every day, I'm saying I've used it every day. The market's open for the last 20 years. Um, Patrick O'Hare is very gracious with his time. Obviously, this is a plug with his company as well, but um, he is very good at what he does. So um, pay attention Wednesdays at 7.33 and on the podcast as well on Wednesdays and Fridays. I replay him on Friday because his content is so good that I think it's worthy of a listen to over the weekend. That's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. Interesting commentary out of Peter Schiff. He predicted the 2008 financial crash. Now he's forecasting the destruction of digital currencies. Wow. Now, again, is he doing it to beat his chest like a gorilla? Probably not. Although I think there is some beating your chest like a gorilla that goes out with billionaires. EBS says 61% of millionaires, collectors allocate up to 30% of their overall portfolio to the exclusive asset class. Um, but the collapse of crypto exchange FTX, um, it's got some billionaires really stepping up and saying this isn't really an asset class. I find that interesting. Art is an area that I would rather invest in than cryptocurrencies or digital currencies at this time. I understand art way better than I understand crypto. And I'm just talking about me and I'm hoping you get something out of it for you. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find briefing at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. We've talked a lot of big picture today. Now let's talk about some of the quickie stories out there. Amazon's Thursday night football audience missed expectations by up to 25%, forcing Amazon to give advertisers compensation the tech giants viewership was 25 percent lower than expected um i i gotta think the nfl is a little embarrassed because this was a cash grab taking it away from a network that it would have served more fans amazon struck an 11 billion dollar 11 year deal for the nfl on prime video the exclusive I never once in the last um, 18 weeks of the NFL season got, went, oh, it's Thursday. Let's turn on Amazon Prime. Um, but again, that's also me. I'm not a big sports nut. For the 14-game season, Thursday Night Football and Prime averaged 9.6 million viewers. Um, that is a very low number. It's 25% lower than estimated. Amazon's internal data says that it was a little bit higher than that. Uh, so they're making good um, again, some very expensive projects at Amazon, including streaming, Lord of the Rings, I'm looking at you, um, and shortfalls stink. Amazon also faced a learning curve on the ad sales front. It started out asking as much as $80 to reach 1,000 viewers, roughly twice what broadcast TV typically charges, before lowering its asked about $60. Interesting how that works out. No. Americans are leaning more on credit cards as expenses stay high. 46% of card holders now hold debt month to month. I love credit cards if you don't hold debt month to month. I hate credit cards if you hold debt month to month. Um, I love the rewards. I love the perks. Uh, I love the accounting that they do for me. I love how I can... 
put that information and, and stream it straight into my my budget and my expenses and my net worth. Um, the average credit rate, though, has a 19.6% annual percentage rate, and that's too high. It's an all-time high. I don't like it. 46% of credit cardholders carry debt month to month, and if you're paying 19.6% on average, you're losing and let me give you a quick example. Uh, you and I both go to lunch. You put your lunch on your credit card. I put my lunch on my credit card and you carry a balance and I don't. You just paid 19.6% more for that uh, lunch than I did. It's not that simple. And I understand times are tough, but work with me on this one. Disney is revising its pricing policies as its domestic theme parks Um Kind of got a little wonky under their last CEO and the new CEO, who was the old CEO, Bob Iger replacing Bob Chapek. Um, are we going to bring back Eisner? No. But changing his policies, like I saw yesterday, and this was really silly because it's like Bob um, Iger to Disney CEO to uh, reinstate free photos. And you're like, okay, okay, I got it. You're a little perk for going to the, the, the um, theme park for waiting in the long lines, for paying ridiculous prices, for dealing with your kids in the happiest place on earth. I get what he's trying to do, but that is a very small thing. I'd like to see Disney potentially buy the WWE. I know you're saying that doesn't really fit. It kind of does in their streaming world. Um, of which Andor was the best streaming product probably in the last two years. And it's still a problem that you know the streamers are losing a lot of money. James Cameron basically threw out the middle finger yesterday to streamers saying, can we just stop this now? Now that I've proven that we can spend billions in the movie theater again, <laughs> it's not going to work that way. Tesla shares are up today after the EV maker registered with the state of Texas to expand its electric vehicle factory in Austin. I thought the stock would be down today because there was news out of the Bay Area that a Tesla stopped completely in the middle of a tunnel causing an eight-car pileup without the driver's permission to stop completely in the middle of a tunnel. That's scary as heck. Airlines closed out 2022, stranding hordes of passengers during the peak holiday travel season. Remember that? The last two weeks from like the first week of January to the middle of January, which we're not there yet, over 20 trillion gallons of water are going to fall on California. Half of it's already here. Um, that would cover all of California in a half a foot of water. To give you an image of what 22 trillion gallons of water would look like. And that's on the conservative side. Um, too bad it can't all be caught and stored. California hasn't built a new reservoir in, in decades. Uh, I don't know enough to say that because when I go and say we should build more reservoirs, someone's going to say the salmon's going to get displaced or something's I'm going to piss someone off. But it seems like capturing of water is going to become a bigger story. And sometimes it could even be like a temporary capture of water that they, they plan to um, release to agriculture at, at different breaks at different times, whether it's above ground or below ground, a lot of money is chasing this problem. What else do we have as far as big stories out there? Oh, the college degrees. I started the segment with college degrees and jobs and uh, Amazon's Thursday night football. I want to hit this. This was pretty interesting to me. The number of job applications that are requiring a 
college degree is dropping. The average cost of attending a four-year college, $44,000. If you're out of state, it's $112,000. If you're in a private four-year institution, it's $160,000. Degrees are out of the reach of many Americans. And it's nice to see that workplaces are starting to drop requirements of bachelor degrees. Um, I'm not speaking for a large credit card company, but they're kind of cool because they hire like psychologists and um, communications people. They're not just hiring finance people, but they're hiring a lot of people with bachelor's degrees. They want to see that you can do your time. That requirement, that threshold's going down. Um, in 2022, in November, 41% of job postings acquired a, patch, a bachelor's degree. That's down from 46% in early 2019. So there's a trend that you don't have to have a college degree to get a corporate job. I think that's great. It's an era of work that's going to prioritize skills over pedigree. Studies are finding that non-degree holding hires perform just as well as those with PhDs. Worthy of note, maybe you don't have to send your kid to an expensive four-year school to get a degree in poetry. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 